Digital transformation continues to accelerate, yet most companies still struggle to achieve success. What sets the leaders of successful companies apart? In this podcast, top business leaders share what their goals are, why they're successful, and how they drive effective digital initiatives for their companies and for their customers. Welcome to the Walk Me Podcast. This is Digital Adoption. Okay, thank you everyone for joining us. Welcome. Today we have a really exciting guest. First of all, I want to say we have Samutha again with us. Hey, Samutha. Hi, everyone. Really happy that you're here. I love when you co-host. And today our guest is Neil Adya. And Neil, you are the VP of Digital Transformation at IBM. That's correct? That is right. I actually have two roles. I'm also the Chief Digital Officer of our AI application portfolio. And I also have the platform role that you just mentioned. Okay, amazing. So you have these two roles, VP Digital Transformation, CDO, Cognitive Applications, and Mm -hmm. You know, Samyutha and I, before we got on this call, we were just like, wow, that's, those are two amazing roles. And they both sound like a lot. I mean, that's just, we would really love to hear from you. How do you define your role? What does that look like? How much of it is, you know, customer relating to the customers and how much is it, is it internal and and what does that look like? Yeah, actually the way I like to think of it, all of it is related to the customer because at the end of the day, what we are trying to do is is really engage with customers who are interacting with us digitally. So pretty much 100% of everything we do has an interface with, with the customer. Actually, if I take a step back, I would say that when I first came into this role, you know, five, six years ago, uh, the, I had to tell people what digital transformation actually meant. Mm-hmm. Um, the standard way I used to go into these meetings and some would say, digital transformation, you mean websites and you mean social media. We have that. I don't need digital transformation. And I think we have come a long way um, just in the last five years. I think there is this notion that digital transformation is not just about a pretty website or what you're trying to do with social media. Um, It really is about creating experiences for your users and for your customers, whether they are on a web page, whether they are inside the product, whether they're interacting with sellers, whether they're interacting with customer success, really looking at what I call all the touch points with the user. I call them micro experiences inside the company. These are all very kind of small interactions that make a big difference uh, in, in, in how they perceive uh, the company. But it's also to deliver this micro experience we really need a IT infrastructure that is based upon microservices that allow you to be much more agile. And we also need a, a, a workforce that believes in agile methodologies, the growth mindset, continuous experimentation. So I call it like micro experiences, microservices, and micro behavior. So I say to go big in digital you actually have to go small and, and think about all these micro elements. And I think that message has resonated quite a bit inside the company. 
And now I think I have less of those conversations of what digital transformation is. I feel like now we can't stop hearing what digital transformation is. Everybody talks about digital transformation and has their own definition of it. And, you know, Neil, we talked about you being um, a VP and the chief digital officer at IBM. So obviously just your classic nine to five, I'm sure you don't work any overtime. Uh, but kind of what did your what did the path look like getting here? You know, for people watching or listening into this podcast, you know, it's an incredible role and it, it kind of sounds larger than life. Um, what was kind of your path getting here? Yeah, I, I actually uh, took a kind of a, a non-traditional path. Um, when I started, obviously, in IBM 10, 15 years ago, there was no organization that would own role called, you know, digital. Um, and so my path was, I you know, started off as more as a, uh, a strategy consultant uh, for a lot of our clients, and I was helping them drive transformation, technology-driven transformation in, in their business. So I worked a lot with various customers, large customers, medium-sized customers, who were really understanding that technology is a big driver of transformation. And they really wanted to understand how to leverage technology to, to transform their business. So that's where I started. Um, and I had a great time uh, working with lots of different clients across lots of different industries. Um, after that, I, I did have a stint uh, with IBM in our marketing function, uh, leading uh, some elements of our data-driven marketing transformation. So IBM said, hey, you know, why not help us? We, we are trying to make marketing a lot more data-driven. And so I spent uh, a part of my career, you know, being part of a team that led that transformation. And then I think the digital role opened up because there was this notion that digital was more than marketing <laughs> and it covered all aspects of the user interaction, including products, sales, and other areas. And there was a huge technical platform element to it. And we wanted to build the right platforms that enabled those interactions to happen. And I thought that was a great role because I was doing transformation from the business side, but to think about transformation also from the technical side of what it takes to actually build these things that result in better engagement. Um, I felt that that was kind of the best job. And it was something that, you know, I was lucky that a job got crafted just exactly as I would have crafted it. Neil, to, to put kind of some of those um, initiatives you're talking about in perspective, is there a specific project you're working on right now that you're figuring out how to scale or a specific initiative you and your team are tackling right now that's particularly exciting that you want to share? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of it. First of all, let me say that you know, part of our job is to, uh, part of my job and my team's role is to bring new innovations into the into the company. And so over the course of the last few years, uh, we have done some interesting things around how do we uh, bring in things like uh, AI-enabled chatbots uh, and scale it across all our web pages uh, mm -hmm. to be able to to be able to chat with a user in real time about our products, about our pricing, and how do we keep making that better and better? Um, so that's been a great thing. We have also we also introduced this kind of way in which we can. We can connect the human with the digital, and we have this notion of uh, scheduling an expert consultation. Uh, again, we build that solution in, in ways in which users can connect with our experts uh, directly on the web page. 
uh, and and schedule a session like this on on video conferencing without having a face to face you know physical meeting right um, obviously uh, a lot of the work we're doing right now um, is is with walkme uh, where we are using it to improve adoption of our of our products and early adoption matters a lot it matters a lot in b2c but we know it matters a lot in b2b as well uh, early adoption of a product whether it's in a trial or or after purchase uh, has such great impact on usage and consumption so one of the most interesting things we've been doing is the work that you know i've shared before with 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 walkme where we've been working across our product sets to be able to bring uh, onboarding and adoption. And we're also trying a lot more innovation across um, across how we use. I, I would say that I end up having conversations with all of our vendors uh, on a regular basis uh, that we work with and all of the partners that we that we work with to say, you know, I want to push the, the, the innovation uh, and dial it up, you know, three, four, 5x times mm-hmm. things that the, these products um, uh, can can visit. We bring always these new use cases. Like, hey, what if we tried something like this? And I would just like to say that you know we have a great group of partners that we work with that are just constantly looking at ways to innovate with us uh, in these areas. I think that's such a good point, Neil. Um, you know, you said that a you know, a huge task for you and your team is, hey, how can we get these innovative technologies into IBM and how can we be maximizing their impact? And on, you know, one hand, it's like your experience with WalkMe, right? Your team has really become the hero here. You've been able to scale that experience. But what happens on the other side where you embrace a technology that maybe didn't uh, have its desired impact? I think a lot of um, taking risks and embracing emerging technologies probably also includes failure, where you know, you scout a new technology that maybe doesn't have its desired impact. Um, what have those experiences been like for you? You know, I think first of all, when you're pushing the boundaries, uh, then then failure is is a very likely outcome in a lot of stuff that you do. Um, you know, I happen to come from a family of aeronautical engineers, and you know, I was dealing with you know my uh, dealing with rocket ships and all that, and you know that. The amount of failures you have to go through before you actually get a a, a rocket ship to launch, you know, we know that. I, I keep telling that analogy. the The biggest thing that I, I worry about is not trying fast enough versus mm-hmm. versus failing at, at anything. Because I think if you try fast enough and experiment fast enough, we can absolutely uh, get to the right answer uh, to success quicker. So failures are just milestones along the way that you know ideas that you thought could work but didn't work. Right, but you learn something that can define your success. So, just ha- just kind of that mindset has been very much ingrained in in the team that we work with. So, I would say that there are lots of failures we go through every day. You just don't hear about them, other than the team. But those are the stepping stones on what we what we have succeeded with. Mm. I want to, you know, along with the lines of what you were saying about gi- digital transformation, that it used to be something you needed to explain or somehow justify that it was more than, you know, like digital marketing techniques. So, you know, I think anyways, this was well along its way before Corona, you know, before COVID, but certainly now, like anyone who doesn't know what digital transformation is, that's at least in, you know, a, a, a large company, 
But I think yeah. even like the average user probably of any app at this point kind of knows what that phrase means. What did, you know, if we can ask, like, what did that look like um, for IBM, for you um, in your role when mm-hmm. Corona hit, you know, when you realized that, first of all, your own people would be working remotely for the most yeah. part, and that your potential users and, you know, future customers that everyone would be remote. What did that kind of look like? Yeah, I think there is a there is Leah. I think you made the right point. There are two aspects of of this. One is on the business side, and then and the impact it has had on 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 people and on teams and things like that. So first on the on the business side, um, so so obviously COVID hit pretty quickly, and there was not a whole lot of time to react. Um, but one of the things we started seeing very early on is our customers were willing to interact with us a lot more from a digital perspective. Mm-hmm. Things we never thought they would, they, they would do, it, do it at that scale. We really started to see uh, them more interested in a lot of our remote, uh, remote solutions, remote working solutions, remote, remote workplace solutions. Um, but also they were interacting with us differently that they were signing up in in numbers that we have never seen for trials of our of our products. Um, they were chatting uh, a lot with live chat agents on on our web pages. Uh, they were scheduling expert consultations at a pace we have we have not seen. So I think we were we were pleasantly surprised that things that we thought would happen, you know, three, four, five years ago, uh, five years from now, were happening, you know three days, five days, you know, two months into, into the, that's just the scale and the magnitude. So I think it reinforced a lot of fundamental beliefs that the, the digital transformation team had that this, this kind of, um, that the customers will respond this way. And, and just because you cannot have a face-to-face interaction anymore doesn't mean that you can't engage with customers differently. And, and I think we proved out that point. And, and and actually, you know, we were already trying to build a platform to scale building product demos uh, prior to the the, the pandemic hitting. Uh, we just accelerated the development of that platform. I ended up, you know, building tens and uh, hundreds of demos on that platform in a matter of months, right? Where that would have taken three years to get to. Uh, in a uh, in, in in the normal course of business. So from a business side, I think we've been pleasantly surprised at how resilient our customer base has been, and and how they have transitioned from kind of the normal way they would interact with us, and uh, to just use the the tools and capabilities that are available. Now on the workforce side, uh, it's been the same. Obviously, everybody. Some of you like you and 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 Leah right there working from home, and and it creates its own challenges. I think we, for, you know, in the company, fortunately, we had uh, already a lot of um, uh, expertise and ability uh, of how teams that are spread out work together. So I think that was that was useful. But the thing that I think we we have to rethink about is uh, is is how do you keep People safe uh, and 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 just kind of mentally uh, uh, just have the 
the, the ability that it's not all work all day because you're working from home. And so we had to figure out ways in which, you know, we, we cared a lot about the mental health of our, of our, um, uh, of our teams and, you know, giving them, giving them the ability to choose their times, knowing that there's so many different things that are happening with remote schooling and, and everybody else working at the same time. So I think it required agility and flexibility uh, on, on, on part of our teams. Uh, but that's exactly what I think is required in a in a digital in a digitally savvy company, right? You know, you do, you can't control what happens, but you can only respond by saying, "Can you be agile? Uh, not just in the way you do your work, but can you be agile as a culture?" Uh, and I think it is great to see people just kind of coming together and helping each other, which has been really exciting for us um, to, to 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 see and, and knowing that. You know, who knows? It may be another several months before before we will be out of it. And uh, that continuous focus on on how do we keep everybody um, safe, healthy, uh, but yet give them the tools and capabilities and just the space to be able to you know have the flexibility to to get their work done. I think that's been really interesting to see. And Neil, you've talked about kind of employee wellness or kind of this idea of leading your team with empathy rather than just what can you get done for me in a work day with this shift to remote work? Although, you know, seeing you as a leader, I'm sure that you also did that before remote work. But is this a priority for, you know, IT leaders in general at IBM? Um, are, are people in the IT department suddenly worrying about employee well-being and the relationship between, um, you know, honestly, a burnt out workforce. And this is, you know, kind of across the world here and across industries and across segments, everyone's really burnt out. And this um, relationship with technology is starting to become more of a barrier than um, it would be maybe when you have your IT person sitting right next to you or kind of that moral support of your colleagues sitting next to you. Is that sort of, um, you know, a metric that you're starting to measure within IBM in the IT department or, or how is the team at large thinking about it? Yeah. So first of all, I think the employee well-being is not just a, a IT uh, thing. I think it's an overall business uh, business mandate uh, around how you think about employee well-being in in these trying trying times. So it's not specific to any particular function in IBM. It's it's just across the board. It's one of the most talked about things in terms of what can we do, how can we change the ways we work, how can we make it easy, how can we make it more flexible for employees. And I think there's a fundamental uh, there are more than one reason why a, a leaders should care about it. Obviously, you know, caring about your team and employees is is a is a great goal by itself. But then, when I think about digital transformation, a lot of it is really building empathy for users, building empathy for users, whether they are your customers who are coming to you, who are interacting with you on a web page or chatting with you uh, online or interacting with you in other different ways. But empathy from the to, to users, you know, always has kind of this virtuous cycle. And empathy goes around, right? So you you show it to your team, you show it to your employees. You know, it shows up uh, with 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 your customers. So I have this this notion, you know, that that it is something that's fundamental to making great customer experiences. Um, just everybody being empathy, having the sense of empathy to towards everybody else, that ultimately, you know, has this effect of creating just better products, creating better experiences. So I just can't disconnect the two. And, and I think that is kind of fundamental to at least the way we think about uh, how all these things connect uh, together. 
It's a really good question though, Samitha. I mean, and Neil, a great answer. I mean, I, I think it is interesting because maybe in the past it was easier to keep those two separate, even though theoretically it should never be, been kept separate, but there's IT goals and then maybe you would say HR goals mm-hmm. and you find the areas in which they overlap. But I think like with a remote workforce specifically, you really cannot separate the two anymore. If, you know, if, if people are having, you know, zoom fatigue, um, that's, that's a technical issue and it's a well-being issue and they both are going to need to be addressed. Well, you know, someone has to be continuing to function throughout the day. I mean, I know for myself, sometimes I feel like after 4 PM, I cannot have another meeting. If I have meetings after 4 PM, it's like, I need to keep my video off. I just, I can't do the, the zoom thing all Which, day. Can we just call out for the audience that it is now 11 PM where <laughs> Leah is in Tel Aviv. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm not allowed to complain about meeting times anymore. <laughs> but I think this, yeah. this kind of points to some of this, like, you know, you're working across so many different time zones and I'm yeah. Leah and Samita, if I can ask you a question, like, how do you do it? Right. I mean, at least, in, in, in my team, yes, we do work across time zones, but for the most part, um, it's not day in, day out that, that I am, you know, spending some time with somebody who is six time zones away. But I know in, within WalkMe, you have more of the, that interaction as, as important. So how do you, how do you do it? I think like, I think that this is, this is relevant to everyone right now, especially with digital transformation, just being kicked up you know, a notch, five notches, you know, like you said, from something we thought would happen within three to five years to things that are happening now within days. I feel like we're all kind of Spider-Man, like with great power comes great responsibility. Like we now are all able to work, you know, in our homes, things that a year ago, if someone had said like, Hey, you can keep the same job, work in the same team, make the same salary you know, have the same level of respect and responsibility in your company and be in your pajamas. I would just say like, no way, like on what, you know, planet, what would I have had to do to like get that? You know what I mean? Like, and that's, we all just suddenly were like granted this kind of fantasy of this level of, of flexibility and freedom, but it's not, gonna be easy. And like, I think the downside is learning suddenly how to set, you know, new boundaries. Like, you know, for example, you might find yourself needing to do meetings at night. Whereas when I worked in the office, like I left the office and work was over. And if someone texted me after, you know, at 9, 10 PM, I would like, look at my phone and be like, this better be an emergency. Like, otherwise I'll deal with it tomorrow. The reality is now I stop several times throughout the day to get my kids, to hang out with them, you know, to take the dog to the vet to, and I don't necessarily need to say like, Hey, I'm leaving. This is, you know, vacation time. Like this is kind of this new level of trust and flexibility with work. And it's going to come with some new challenges. Um, And I think part of it is setting new boundaries. Um, I think part of it is like learning to deal with a new level of responsibility. I, and I think that that's going to happen. It's going to result in a lot of changes and it's, 
it's going to mean that we have a lot more tools that we're using them a lot more that we are making the most, I think of our digital experiences, they're going to be much more enhanced because everyone has to step up their game. If you're, if your user interface is like kind of, eh, or your mobile version is not so appealing, like you better be on it right now because like a competitor will, will figure it out if you don't, you know, because yeah. everyone needs to be able to do everything while they're like lying in bed, putting their kids to sleep now. Yeah. So like it better be available on mobile. You know what I mean? Like work is no longer at a desk in an office. It's just not. It's that's over. And I think also it's funny, everyone talking about like when we go back, like humans don't do that. We don't go backwards. That's like, right. You know what I mean? Like we might end up with a more hybrid version of this. Like maybe everyone will at some point be like, okay, done. I'm not working in my kitchen anymore, but yeah. we're definitely not going to be like, you know what? I don't need this on my phone anymore. That's not going to happen. Like, that's not the way we work. Like we evolve forward. We don't like take things back, you know? So I just think that this is a really interesting time. I think if you're in SaaS right now, or if you, no matter what your industry is, if you don't have a digital offering right now, you need to be figuring out what it should be. And if you do have a digital offering right now, you need to be making sure it is as good as possible. You know, yeah, I, think Neil, I think you yeah. even touched on that in your, in your last comments when you were like, you know, things we thought consumers would be ready for in five years, like they're ready for in two months or things we thought we could get done in a matter of months or years. We're getting done in a couple of days, like this idea of acceleration, everything's accelerating so fast. And like you said, Leah, there's no coming back from it. And a word that you used that I think is so important in terms of all of us moving remote is trust. Um, your employer trusting you, right? That you're at home and maybe they don't have eyes on you and maybe you're, you know, incorporating your personal life with your professional life. But I think it goes both ways, right? I'm trusting my employer because just because I can get up at 6 a.m. because I don't have a commute doesn't mean I have a meeting every day at 6 a.m., right? You're not taking advantage of this sudden flexibility. And at the same time, even, you know, bringing it back to technology, if we're launching new technologies, I'm trusting you that you're not going to waste my time, um, that you're not deploying a technology to me that's going to be um, hard for me to use, that, um, you know, you're really not thinking about the user experience from, you know, a point of empathy. Um, and you're making it easy for me to do my job remote. There's an incredible level of trust that goes both ways. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's uh, what we're seeing is it's both about the quantity as well as the quality. Initially, people were just like, you know, consuming more and more digital tools and things like that. But at some point, the focus is as you, as you start looking at all these different things, we all start seeing th- patterns and things that we like and things that we don't like. And it completely changes our behavior on the new things that we are getting. And we're like, why is this thing not like that? And I can tell you that being on video conferencing for whatever, seven, eight, nine hours a day, we're expecting more of our video conferencing solutions, right? Compared to what was back in March. Like back in March, it was like certain things not working was fine. Now it's not fine because we are eight hours on video conferencing and I need need this thing there, right? So I think the expectations are evolving as well. Totally. I remember also like I realized at some point I can only see four people on my phone at once. That's unacceptable. You know, like 
Whereas like, I never would have noticed that. Um, yeah. It's, it's the strangest thing because uh, my kids were never on video conferencing. They didn't even know that such a thing exists. And now they do their school on video conferencing, uh, both of them. And that's one of their fundamental questions. Why can I only see nine of my friends on, on video conferencing when I have 18 people in my class, right? And now, and that they're learning things like video conferencing etiquette uh, and, and things like that. It's very interesting. The whole new generation is growing up knowing how all of these things work and what the expectations are, which I don't think we ever thought about, uh, even this time last year, that I'll, I'll have a conversation with my, with my elementary school kid about what video conferencing etiquette is and how he should, how he should behave for you know, five, six hours on a remote call with his teacher. Right? So this all, all fundamentally changing our expectations and what we thought was important. Welcome to the hot seat. Now let's get a little more personal with the hot seat questions. Okay, Neil, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think like every child, I wanted to be an astronaut. And as I said, my family was all in the aviation industry. So that was a natural thing. I actually, a true story, I, I, I did uh, several courses in aeronautical engineering when I was in college. Wow. Uh, it was never good enough to actually go and qualify as a as 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 a, as an astronaut. So that that career ended pretty fast. Okay, what is the last app that you downloaded? So actually, um, uh, we were because of the pandemic, we've been doing a lot of hiking uh, in the wilderness, uh, and especially in fall here with all the different colors. So I downloaded this app called Plant Identify. And what it does is that as you're hiking or you're out there and you see an interesting plant or tree, you can take a picture of the tree or the, or the leaf and it will immediately identify what it is. And what I found, it's, so it uses some kind of AI engine behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. a huge database. Of, but I found that there are lots of interesting plants and trees in my neighborhood and, and all the places that I visit that I've just not known about. And I didn't know that there were two, three different kinds of maple trees. And and now when I walk around and I can, I just look smarter just being able to, you know, brag about it that that's a Norwegian maple and that's some other kind of maple. And and people are like, how do you know that? It's like plant identify, but that's the secret. I just don't want to tell it that's to That's awesome. So. Okay, you're not going to believe me, but I am pretty sure that the CDO at Microsoft, that that was his answer to that question. Really? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and check the recording. But so I'm it's pretty- more popular than... than That's than going to be an incredible one because it cannot be that popular. And now you're also an astronaut and a botanist. Like, just Neil, we got to add this to your LinkedIn bio. Okay. What is one piece of advice that you would give someone going into a leadership position for the first time? I would say that A, it's okay not to know all the answers. B, it's okay to be curious. And C, always ask the questions, even if it's a dumb question, because that's the only way you'll really find out what's going on. And that's what I learned. And I had the same advice for everybody, that sometimes you will not be the expert in the room, but you should be the one asking the questions. Hmm. That's good advice, I think, for everyone. (laughs) Okay, what's the first software experience that you remember? Uh, It's probably... Like back in the mid '90s, I think, like Microsoft NT interface. Uh, I, I just kind of go back now and and look at some of the things 
you know, I had to do on MS-DOS with those kind of interfaces. It's kind of, and then I look at my kids playing with their iPads and the interfaces that they have. And it's amazing the, the difference. And I wonder how I even got through those experiences, like, you know, and in those days, it's such a long journey from just in terms of the usability of some of these things. But, but yeah, I think it was way back. I can't even remember my first experience, but whatever it was, it was in one of those kind of old empty boxes at, at some mm-hmm. point. Okay. If you could automate one thing in your life, so it doesn't have to be anything related to technology, what would it be? Um, so I think it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine that you can automate a lot of, for coffee drinkers, life is pretty automated when it comes to coffee machines. Mm-hmm. But I happen to be a tea drinker and I like to go through my 15 steps of making tea and I have not found anybody who has gotten anywhere close to automating it and still keeping the same kind of taste of, mm. of tea. So I know, I, I think coffee drinkers have, have it better because people have figured out the automation. I think tea, tea drinkers, I don't know Leah or some of you are a tea drinker, but I've found no good way to automate the, the tea making. And this is not just about tea bags and, and things like that. This is I actually start from tea leaves uh, and and go from there. So that process produces better tea, but it has not been automated. I can, you know, maybe that's a business idea that I should explore. That I was about to say, idea. it sounds like we just came up with the side hustle on this podcast. <laughs> so Neil, I'll be taking 10% of all of your profits. <laughs> sure, maybe. <laughs> Describe one professional regret. Cons- consolidate it for us and what you would do differently if you have one. Other than not being able to become an astronaut. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't think I have any. I'm, I'm actually very, um, very thankful and very happy for the role I have. Um, I would not change a single thing. Um, but obviously, as I said, you know, failure got me to where I am. <laughs> and uh, And I would not have even thought that this was the role, but uh, but this is, you know, this is this role has been great for me, and and I've been able to bring uh, a lot of excitement uh, to a lot of teams, but also to a lot of users. So so I hope to continue doing that. Perfect. Well, I'll uh, drop something up for you, Neil, so you could take a look at it and maybe give me a couple of names if it makes sense. Okay. I appreciate yeah. that. Sure, absolutely. So enjoy the snowstorm, and Leah, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank take you. Care. Thanks, both yeah. of you. Bye, Leah. Bye, Neil. Bye. Bye. Want to hear from more top leaders? All of season one is available now. This is Digital Adoption.